Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, Ahrefs has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Thanks for joining us. Today we continue our ongoing series of Better Know and SEO Pro. So let's get to it. Uh, one person in SEO you better know about is Adam Reamer. Adam is a digital marketing strategy and execution consultant and is the CEO at Adam Reamer Marketing. Adam has been in the industry for more than 15 years. Uh, he's a two-time Affiliate Summit Pinnacle Award winner for Affiliate Manager of the Year. In addition to writing on his own blog at uh, adamreamer.me, he is currently a contributor to Search Engine Journal. This year, he'll be one of four columnists sharing the Ask an SEO column on Search Engine Journal. Uh, he's spoken at tons of conferences, including PubCon, Big Digital Adelaide, Affiliate Summit, ShiftCon, and many more. You can find Adam on Instagram uh, at Rollerblader, Rollerblader DC, on Facebook, Reamer Marketing, on LinkedIn, Adam Reamer, and a whole lot of numbers. Just do a search for him, you'll find them, or on Twitter, at Rollerblader. And here he is, Adam Reamer. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Adam, looking forward to chatting with you today. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. So, cool. Let's kick off. So, as I mentioned in the intro, you are a digital marketing strategy and execution consultant. So, tell me a little bit what your focus is on today. Uh, as in right now, what I'm working on with clients? Or... Yeah, just generally what, yeah, what areas <laughs> you're sort of specializing in these days. Lately, everyone's been worried about conversions, and a lot of clients are worried about how to just bring in more qualified traffic or pre-qualifying it. So that's a lot of what my focus has been on the last couple months, Okay. especially as we leave the holiday season and reading analytics, reading attribution and conversion, figuring out what's going to add value to a channel, how to grow that type of traffic and why people are converting better on some pages than others, as well as the product mix that generates a conversion, or the lead funnel and the wording and everything that we're doing in lead gen versus e-commerce. So mm -hmm. that's been a really big focus, really. Okay. Really cool. All right. And, of course, you're considered by many in our industry to be an expert in affiliate marketing. So um, I don't know. How did that sort of come about? Did you sort of plan to be known as a expert affiliate marketer or did that sort of happen organically for you? I think it just happened organically. I'm uh, not really sure how. And in the affiliate space, they know me as an SEO and 
and other I've been about four industries and each industry considers me something else so it's just kind of a weird space to be in hmm. but i don't know <laughs> yeah it's just i talked a lot about it i fixed a lot of people's affiliate programs i've worked with the seo teams to help prevent theft and poaching and shopping cart interceptions mm-hmm. and also to work with the SEO teams to build up the affiliates to conquer more of the top 10 search results so that we block competitors from getting the traffic. So the two skills can go hand in hand. Affiliates that are have websites and need to know SEO, SEOs don't necessarily know affiliate, but affiliates could benefit from some of the SEO knowledge, especially from tech SEOs because they'll want to know, wait, this affiliate manager is telling me to add these images and all these links but that's probably going to be bad for the organic. So the skills kind of cross over with each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Are there any sort of trends in the affiliate world that, um, you know, things that are going on that you think people should be paying attention to, Uh, you know, it could be an SEO or just marketing in general. Is there anything that's sort of uh, catching your eye as something that's sort of trendy right now? Yeah, just states and countries doing stupid things with privacy policies Mm. and blocking our ability to track. Mm -hmm. So with certain clients that are open to it, I try to create different solutions that would not violate it and do not use cookies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, The California Act that came, I think there's five or six more states about to pass their own. You have GDPR that came out and all this other stuff. So Google Chrome is going to be blocking first our third-party cookies. Apple launched ITP. So it's just it's that's what people should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you find that these sort of changes, like the, the privacy stuff, um, is that making the affiliate marketing work that you're doing more challenging these days? Um, or And just ha- sort of how are you working around these issues for your clients finding solutions uh, a lot of networks will try to come up with some some will flat out lie two of them just published a report that was not necessarily a report they talked to affiliates that were concerned and just flat out lied to them mm. so mm-hmm. i'm not going to say the networks for obvious reasons but the affiliates are quickly learning which resources you should go to that you can trust and not mm-hmm. So it's really just find managers that actually care, which means they're responsive. It means they don't allow their company to be poached and stolen from, and they focus on you as a top funnel or mid funnel partner. Mm-hmm. Right. If they legitimately know that and they can legitimately walk you through non first party cookie and non-third-party cookie solutions, then it's probably someone you can talk to and trust, but they need to be able to explain it to you in plain English. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So um, so that's sort of the, the challenges side. Is, is there anything in particular that you've noticed? Um, I, this doesn't necessarily have to be just for the affiliate world, but just generally in terms of um, strategies or tactics in SEO that have been working well lately for you? No, nothing's really changed. We just get fancy buzzwords Mm -hmm. like content marketing. That was just writing content and doing PR work. Mm -hmm. SEO has not changed that much. The big things that are more of a focus now are faster websites, but that was always part of UX. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Now it's just part of SEO too. And it's just common sense. The faster your website and the more easy you can make it to access the right information without fluff and branding, the better you'll do. But that's with your customers. That's with conversions. And now it's part of SEO. Mm -hmm. There's new schema that's come out, but that's just part of keeping yourself up to date. There's cleaning up your content and making sure it provides a purpose, but that's always existed. People are just paying more attention now. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, and on the flip side of that, is there anything uh, in terms of you know, from the SEO side? Are there what sort of what are some of the big mistakes that you see? You know, maybe businesses that come to you or you know whoever the case <laughs> may be. Like, what are some of the big challenges that that sites are facing right now in the SEO world? Branding has come back, especially with the thought of a recession. And I'm seeing a lot of branding companies start to take over and get involved in marketing and blocking SEOs from being able to do their parts. Mm. Seeing engineering, this is across the board where engineering has more of a say than marketing on the website, especially how it's loaded and coded and what can and cannot be done. That's been impacting a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And once they get penalized, or even when they're not, but they're worried because they're starting to see fluctuations, which isn't always something you should be concerned with. It's like, these are the two big causes. Branding took away the ability to add uh, the proper wording, or they're refusing to let you compress and shrink images because they want these big, beautiful things. And even images that aren't being used, there's a lot of tools out there that let you know what's being used, what's being viewed, what's not, how many times, if that view went directly to a conversion, if it did not. Mm -hmm. And even if it's never being used, never being viewed, and it's hidden, they're still not letting you pull it out. And these are just bad things for your website. Engineering will have control. Well, I don't see why this is important. That's so small. There was one website I was auditing. I found a million little things that weren't hard to do, but engineering didn't see a purpose. So they just didn't do it. And the company is wondering why they're not recovering. I did not take them on as the audit client because I knew it would just end in a disaster when I, after I got done talking to their engineering staff. Mm. And there were things like on their category pages, they're loading captures and recaptures, but that doesn't exist on the category page. So why are you wasting resources and loading a page with things that shouldn't be there in the first place? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's kind of just, that's the biggest obstacle I'm seeing. And I'm hearing as people are venting at conferences, they're like, I can't get this through branding or engineering. I'm like, why? You're in marketing. Why are they even involved? But it's something that's happening. And when I looked it up, that happens a lot during recessions where people think branding is the way out. Mm -hmm. Or it's probably not. Right. Focusing on your end users and not some weird fancy words that mean nothing, that's probably going to do better for you. Yeah, Absolutely. How can you actually explain what you do to get the person to shop with you mm -hmm. as opposed to what's like Reese's is the dumbest tagline I've ever seen. I'm, I used to be addicted to Reese's peanut butter cups. I love them, mm -hmm. but I haven't touched one since they launched that stupid tagline. Not sorry. It doesn't make sense. It's annoying. What are you not sorry about? Like, mm -hmm. uh, so I've switched over now and I found new chocolates that I love. I just, I can't hear that stupid tagline again. Mm -hmm. And I had a pretty substantial Reese's bill every year. I don't want to say what it is, but yeah, they've pretty much lost me as a customer because I can't deal with that stupid tagline. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Some idiot in branding probably came up with it and whatever. If you're listening, congratulations. You're losing customers. I'm not the only one either. Yep. Yep. All right. 
Okay. Um, so in terms of tools, uh, I don't know if there are any sort of... The worst part is I actually canceled a trip to Hershey Park. Oh, no. <laughs> I was planning on going back. I'm like, I can't look at that damn Reese's. Uh, <laughs> they have the candies running around in costumes. I was like, I can't see one if it's going to say not sorry. <laughs> and I'm not sorry I canceled the trip. I'm going to go back to Disney instead. Yep. <laughs> that, that sounds like a winner to me. Uh, cool. Uh, okay. I hate that tagline. So yeah, hard. I got you. I'm uh, feeling you there. All right. On Reese's, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not sorry for abandoning your so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm happy. I've discovered plenty of good chocolates now that yep. I wouldn't have tried without. Cool. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit uh, talk about tools. Do you have any uh, sort of favorite tools that you have at the moment that you're enjoying? Uh, oh, my God, there's so many. I use, like, 20 to 30 tools every week at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use SEMrush, Authority Lab, Screaming Frog, Deep Crawl. I use... Share sale. I use a couple of custom built ones. Like I have a content uh, crawler that I call Content Queen, still in Python. Mm-hmm. I have, what else do I have? Um, I use Slack, even though I hate it. I use Asana and Basecamp. I use my wine fridge. That one really is, and Diet Dr. Pepper, too. I actually have a pretty healthy lifestyle. I just I let out my three big vices just now, which is <laughs> Dr. Pepper, chocolate, and wine. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I, one that I don't think I could live without is BuzzStream. They're based out of Austin, Texas. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, oh, and Telefluence is one that I'm just starting to fall in love with. Joey Sinkowitz from Advanced Search Summit. He's the founder. Mm-hmm. of Intellifluence. That one's pretty fantastic. Oh, cool. uh, it's uh, for influencer marketing, and I'm really loving the process. It's just easy to get through. I'm still new with it, but I could see it becoming part of my weekly to every other day type of tool sets. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, it's just there's so many that I go through. Sightbulb is one. Actually, I'm falling in love with that. They keep updating it, and they keep adding new features, and it just keeps getting better and better. Mm. The one issue I have is that it runs on your desktop as opposed to on the web, so you've got to keep it running, and it just it can eat up a lot of bandwidth. It also mm. runs from Europe uh, as your default, so that gets confusing when a client's like, what the hell is this? It's an attack, and they stop it from running. Mm-hmm. So, right. But whatever. Yep. Well, yeah. you, can set, you can change it so it crawls from wherever. Right. It's just annoying that that's the default. Mm-hmm. And I usually forget to run it. So, like, I'll run that one at 11 p.m. or midnight or something so that I can just leave the computer on all night. Some of my clients have a few million. One has over 20 billion pages. Mm-hmm. And so when I have to crawl through that and I'm doing a million-page crawl or a 200,000-page crawl, it's just because it's desktop-based, I have to wait till the middle of the night when I'm not going to use my computer. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Sounds like you're using a lot of tools in your uh, day-to-day life. So let me ask you some we'll segue into that. Um, what is a typical workday looking like for you these days? That really depends on my mood, and it depends on the season. Okay. So around Q4, I'll head to Mexico and work. I'll just... I need to change scenery or I can't focus. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of places. There's New Orleans. There's Mexico. Uh, Puerto Vallarta specifically, and I have a couple of other spots that I don't like to tell people I go to just because that's my private oasis where I don't know anyone, nobody knows me, and I can just do my work in peace. Mm-hmm. So basically, I do that, and it just kind of changes up. 
I like to start my day at about five in the morning and then I'll take a break usually around now and I'll go, I do about a six to eight mile run every single day, or I go to the gym and do the elliptical for about a thousand calories. Mm-hmm. And I post that to Facebook sometimes. And that's my break. Then I come back and I check emails, get back to inbox zero. And then I, my, so I usually take on one audit a month or one audit a quarter and I'll work on those in the evening during spare time and uh, private time. Mm-hmm. That's where my vacation fund money comes from. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yep. Nice. So that's also how I get to do New Orleans and that other stuff mm-hmm. on a regular basis is uh, audit work. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, that's my average day. Yeah. So what sort of led you into this uh, the SEO and marketing industry? Uh, what sort of drew you here? kind of just got thrown into it naturally. I have two or three different stories on origins. The real one is I was DJing at raves in the 90s and people wanted to know where I was playing next. So I started a spreadsheet of email addresses and I would do a mail merge and start sending them uh, when I was going to be in their cities. Sorry, excuse me. Then after I'm drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper, so it's starting to come back on me. (laughs) <laughs> and basic <laughs> downside of it <laughs> oh yeah so i changed over to american airlines exclusively united or it wasn't united who was it wanted to know why i left their airline and i was like is american put in tight dr pepper into their lounges <laughs> so that's literally the reason i've changed to fly exclusively on american <laughs> within two months i hit platinum status wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, um, but, so then uh, they were like, well, I was like, this isn't an efficient way to do it. So I put up Angel Fire websites in the 90s, and I started doing other types of websites. And it kind of led to that. I went to college, which was useless. Then I went to the corporate world, which I hated. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I don't want to say the company, but it was in the very early 2000s. I was in an internet marketing role. I had no clue what the heck I was doing. And... They would. They kept throwing all these words out. So I got fired pretty fast. I went to another company and they were like, hey, we need you to rank us in Lycos and we need you to rank us here. I was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. They're like, oh, so you're really good at SEO. I was like, what the, f-? oh, sorry. I was about to swear. What <laughs> is that? I'm not sure if this is a swearing podcast or no. It's okay. So, but basically, so I was like, oh yeah, I got fired at the last one because I didn't know the term. All they had to do was say, can you make this show up or can you do this? That was around the same time as GoTo. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't know that was called PPC or pay-per-click. I just knew it was GoTo and I can go and bid on the keywords. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just a bad communication. And from there, I eventually found forums like Abest Web, which no longer exists. I was hiding under handles instead of my real name. And I realized I don't like working for people. So I kind of just eventually went out on my own. I was working at a company. They screwed me over. I said, F it, and I left. Mm-hmm. And I've barely looked back since. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what led you, just like all these bad work experiences sort of led you to deciding, hey, I can do this for myself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was growing company after company, why can't I just go do this mm-hmm. and not have to deal with them? Yep. And then, my, uh, so I just, I kind of built some websites and was playing around and having fun. Eventually, I had advertisers and other people asking me, well, how are you driving traffic to us and how are you making affiliate sales? And I explained it to them. And uh, there was one person, she reached out and she said, well, can you do that for me? 
And I said, I don't see why I couldn't. And I went out, I met her family, her kids and everything. And that's when I realized, wait, crap, if I mess this up, uh, people are going to lose their college fund and people lose their jobs. And that's when I became a little more serious. I still don't take too much serious. <laughs> but, uh, you know that firsthand. Yeah, I know that. Uh, but it's like... <laughs> But I, I like the fact that that grounded me when it was kind of just me. I had no, no one depending on me or relying on me. Right. So in the early days, so, how did you sort of learn like all the stuff you were learning? Was it just sort of through exper experimentation? And well, you did mention the forums, but like, what was the best sort of learning, uh, you know, your, your method of learning that worked best for you? Teaching myself and trading information and trading consulting and building a network of peers. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I trust. Yep. Okay. That was valuable. Yep. You have to have a sounding board. Not one person knows everything. Right. Absolutely. Very cool. It's just like an SEO firm that can do all types of SEO. It's impossible and it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so when you first, uh, you know, went out on your own, was there any sort of unexpected, uh, you know, sort of experiences that you had? Did you find it difficult at first? Uh, or did you sort of transition into that world fairly easily? I always try to go in expecting the worst, so I'm usually pretty pleasantly surprised. I knew for a fact there would be hard times and good times. Mm -hmm. What I didn't expect was something that's happened twice, where I would take on clients and all clients or all but one client leaves at the same time. Mm. First time that happened, I had a client die. I had a client's parent die. I had one get acquired and have to fire all vendors and like literally it just oh everything overnight all at once. Mm -hmm. I had that happen again a few years ago where it was all in like a one month period. Every single client had stuff happen. Mm. So it's like, it happens. That was what was unexpected, but now I've planned for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. How do you plan for that? That's a, that's, that sounds so crazy. Like what, what's your plan now if that, that ever you build happen? a funnel and you build uh, relationships with other people. I know I drive and send clients to people regularly. Mm -hmm. and if I ever end up in one of those situations, I could just post, hey, I need work or I'm in trouble. And I know people will come to assist. Mm -hmm. And I have other companies and other agencies referring clients over all the time. And I'm very lucky and fortunate for that. But it's also because I return the favors I don't ever accept uh, referral fees or anything. I just think it's the right thing to do to send people to vendors I trust. Mm. And it leads to a good funnel. Yeah. I have people that are on a wait list for work. So I've, I'm very fortunate in that, but I also worked really hard to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And that's oversharing information and oversharing strategies and things like that. Because one thing I don't publish, which I may start doing this year, is case studies and success stories and uh, testimonials. And I don't share clients that I work on uh, for organic search or for other strategy. I do share affiliate management clients because I need to attract that. But mm -hmm. the rest, it's like if a client wants to work with me, they're going to have to just trust that I do good work. And that's why on my blog, I share like actionable step-by-step -step items with examples. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. So speaking of clients, um, how do you sort of decide what clients you want to work with or how do you know maybe when a client comes to you and you know they're just not going to be the right fit for you? 
uh, I have a requirement and people that have worked for me can vouch for this. Within the first five minutes of an onboarding call or an initial call, we swear twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them has to be an F-bomb. <laughs> and the main reason is pretty much if you're going to work with me and my team, you're working with creatives. I like to say people don't hire us for brain power; They hire us for the crazy. And mm-hmm. by the crazy, it's like we like to come up with really cool ideas and keyword expansions and uh, unique things you probably haven't thought of. And some of them can be a bit outlandish, and most of us swear. Uh, I think everyone has a tattoo or piercings, and mm-hmm. it's like everyone just, uh, it's, it's a very, the people that I work with and uh, that are my contractors, everyone's pretty eclectic and eccentric. Mm-hmm. So you got to get along with that. Almost everyone swears. If you don't swear, we will work to try to not do it in front of you because there's no point in making feel someone feel uncomfortable. It's not okay. okay. Yep. But at the same time, that's how we talk naturally, and that's just what happens. And if you can't deal with that, you're probably not going to be a good fit because clients, we have to fit into their culture socially, and they have to fit into ours. If it doesn't happen both ways, the work's not going to get done well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the big one. Yep. Plus, we have to feel motivated by their products and their team. Mm-hmm. If we can't, then why? there's no point in hiring us. Like, we can't do our best work if we're not, like, dead set and we don't have inspiration. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So, um, so you mentioned, obviously, the, the situation where you lost all your clients and had some – obviously, you've had some trying times over the years. So – what sort of keeps you motivated when things are a little rocky and, you know, maybe things aren't as certain as you would like them to be? What sort of keeps you motivated in those darker times? My cat. Your cat. All yeah. right. <laughs> it depends on me. I've committed to taking care of him and keeping him alive. So mm-hmm. no clients, no work means no money. And that means I can't do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like that. That's a nice answer. All right. Um, let's see. So let's talk uh, maybe your favorite SEO campaign. Do you sort of have one that sticks out for you? And I know, you know, with clients, you don't need to name them if you're under NDAs, but is there any sort of, if I say, what's your favorite SEO campaign or project you ever worked on? Uh, does anything pop to mind for you? Nothing that I can share because of Nothing NDAs. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, we've had some really cool successes. I've had numerous pins on Pinterest get over a million pins within the first two months. And that Mm -hmm. was something I'm able to repeat pretty frequently, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I can't share it because then it becomes obvious who they are and which Mm -hmm. clients they were. And I can't, it goes back to me not saying who my organic search clients are, or when I use like Pinterest as a way to get into publications or Facebook as a way to get into media. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can't say what the campaigns were. Okay. Because that's the way the client is. Yep. Yeah, I know. That's I have one I'm really excited about launching in April. Uh, yeah, I'm going to spill it if I go any further. Sorry. <laughs> I just went into video production for it. So it's like, it's so exciting that it's happening. It was one of those like random crackpot ideas that it sort of developed and developed. And then I was like, okay, I got to share this because we're doing it. And they thought they... Uh, they just bought into it and they're loving it and the whole team's loving it. So it's happening and I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. I'm fairly certain you're all going to see it. Yep. Can't wait to find <laughs> out what that is. I'm very intrigued now. All right. Um, 
Cool. Um, how about on the other side? Again, I don't know if you can, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and ask anyway. But did you ever have a situation where maybe you had a client where things just went wrong? And, um, oh, yeah. And, like, could you maybe talk about a case where that happened, what you sort of learned from it? You know, maybe sort of like if you could go over and do it again, you know, what would you do differently? So there was a company out of New York City, and the person was who was in charge of the company was my direct report, and he got aggressive with me quite a few times and my team members, and that was not okay, and I knew something was up. Mm-hmm. It turned out their company was going under, and they were taking the anger out on me and my team. Mm-hmm. They hired, as a small company, they hired a tech company. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to do this without giving away who or what they were because they are a very libelous company. Mm. If they still exist, which I don't know if they do. And basically, all the warning signs were there, but I didn't listen to them because the owner would constantly call me and say, please come back, please come back, because I would fire them. They would threaten to sue me. I'd get a call a week later. I'd agree to come back. And it was just a vicious cycle. I know better than stick in an abusive situation like that, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Once it started happening to people on my team, I was like, that's where you cross the line. Mm-hmm. Like you do not go near them. And so that's when I officially fired them the last time. But it's companies that start to place the blame. So there was no reason why the person and the company couldn't have been on WordPress. It was a lead gen site, but they got talked into a .NET site instead as a small company with six to seven employees, mm-hmm. you you do not do something like that. It's expensive. It's a lot of extra work when everything can be done through plugins and much easier and less expensive without needing engineers and developers. But they didn't want to hear it because it was, I can't say the exact reason, but it was just, it was a bad situation. It's important to listen to warning signs and trust your instinct. If you know it's going to be abusive, just say no. Mm-hmm. No matter what the money is or how good the money is, stay the heck away from it and cut the, once it starts to happen, cut your losses. They still owe me thousands of dollars. I don't even care. I just, I'm happy to be away from them. Mm-hmm. Mm. They started calling at 11 p.m. at night on the weekends yelling. And I'm like, Ooh. that has nothing to do with me. Yep. Wow. So then I'd say, don't call me past eight o'clock at night or don't call me past six. And they'd start yelling at that. It's like, this is unacceptable. And no. And I put up with it for two months after that, even. Wow. It was good. Mm. All right. Uh, let's I was a lot younger at the time and I had just started hiring people. So I was nervous yep. about money. Right. It's just not worth it. The money will be there. Arson Rabinovich from Top Hat Rank, he's a good example of this. If you cross any of his employees on your client, he will fire you. Mm -hmm. He's somebody that I look up to in that aspect because he doesn't put up with crap. His team is what makes him successful, and he lives by that. And that's how he's able to deliver incredible work for his clients. Mm -hmm. And you can ask him about that. He really protects his team, and it's, it's admirable. I really hope he doesn't listen to that. And Arson, if you are listening, you suck and I hate you. <laughs> that will be the that will be the quote we use on the podcast open on the recap post, right? <laughs> Interview with Adam Rima, Arson, you suck and I hate you. 
<laughs> oh my. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's It'll definitely get attention. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'll that'll grab some attention. We can even make a little graphic for it and share it all over Twitter. <laughs> can I get a new baseball card? Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Poor Arson. Okay. Um, yeah, now I have to bring Arson onto this show and let him trash you. Okay. <laughs> you should totally do that. Yep. He can share an incriminating video of me at dinner. Oh, okay. That's good. I don't know exactly which one it is, and I'm very proud of this. <laughs> Every single glorious, buttery moment. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh... I think you saw it on Facebook. Oh. I, I probably know what you're talking about. Okay. Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, Ahrefs has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. Uh, yeah. We can move along, though. Uh, let's talk about speaking uh, conferences. Um, so what is your favorite part about speaking at conferences? Because I know you go to a ton of them. So what you... <laughs> Being off the stage and back in my hotel room. Oh, yeah. So I am introvert, right? terrified of people mm-hmm. and getting in front of them and having to shake hands and talk to people and engage it just that's my nightmare mm. mm-hmm. but you yeah. do it so how do you how do you manage to do it and why do you do it if you're so afraid of people and doing it all i do it to build my network and to share back with people because so many people went out on the limb people that didn't know me they trusted me with information and data and i never shared it or anything mm-hmm. but it's just my way to give back Plus, it helps to just, God forbid I ever end up in one of those bad situations again, it builds up your network and it keeps you able to communicate with people and meeting new people. And if you do need clients, it's a great way to develop uh, the relationships to get them. Mm-hmm. So have you sort of... That's it. It just takes a lot for me to get out there and it drains me like no doubt. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So have you sort of come up with any survival tips that maybe you could share with other people who might be like really sort of nervous about going out or just sort of like totally introverted and are like, oh, I can never do a conference. So have you sort of come up with anything that helps you that maybe could help other people? Nothing that would be politically correct. Oh, (laughs) a client once told me saddle up buckaroo and that's the all I can say, you okay. gotta put on your big boy or big girl or big they pants mm-hmm. and go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it. I wish I could say it becomes easier. It's become harder and harder for me to do it. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, I used to love going out and interacting with people. 
mm-hmm. and now I just I hate it. Mm. So, but you know what? We have to do it. Yep. Part of life. It's part of it. We can go back to our comfort zones later. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, one one tip is actually I do have a tip. Oh, good. Stay just close enough to you that you can walk to the host hotel, but just far enough away that you're too far for people to want to come visit you at your hotel. That gives you a proper escape and it gives you a walk over. So like in Vegas, I stay walking distance from the conference, our convention center for PubCon, Mm -hmm. but just far enough away from the host hotel every time. And I usually don't tell people where I'm staying. Mm -hmm. This way I can walk over or I can Uber and I just have that quiet time to set my mind and get ready to deal with groups of people and people running up to give a hug or to do other things. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of clear yourself. And then once you leave, you have a nice, quiet, peaceful walk back to your uh, hotel. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to get your break and just to start to reconnect yourself before you have to go to dinner or networking or other things. Right. Absolutely. That is probably my number one saving tip is to stay just far enough away and just close enough. Excellent. Cool. All right. Uh, now let's shift gears to writing. Uh, I mentioned at the start that, of course, you're a contributor to Search Engine Journal, um, and this year you'll be doing the Ask an SEO column, uh, along with uh, Ryan Jones, Shelley Fagan, Tony Wright, pretty good uh, group of four people there. So I was just curious to get your thoughts on, you know, sort of how, you know, sort of what you're looking forward to with doing this column this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what people's needs are or what they can't find online, assuming they've tried to research and figure the answers out. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of curious. Like some of the questions that came through so far, they're things that we used to talk about five and six years ago that seem to be resurfacing. Mm-hmm. At a conference, someone referenced domain authority a few times and uh, <laughs> so I forget who it was, looked at me. I was like, I can't hold back. <laughs> and basically, I was like, that is a fake metric. It is made up. It does not exist. That is from a tool. You cannot use that in the real world. It's just like every tool has their own gauging thing. It is not real. Right. It is not Google. Mm-hmm. It is not Bing. It is not Yandex. It is not Baidu. Drop it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun to see the cyclical nature of SEO questions. Yep. Very true. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite article that you've written either for your site or search engine journal or somewhere else uh, that's, you know, sort of uh, like one of your most yeah. favorites? What was it? Yeah, I wrote one about uh, creating an, a welcoming and open website for the LGBTQ community. Oh, okay. And I lost close to one third of my newsletter subscribers. I got tons of hate mail. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Mm. And people are like, I saw you at this trade show, and I saw you do this. And although I don't hate X, Y, and Z, I I find it uh, not tasteful that you would include this inside a marketing post. And I was like, hey, congrats. And I I got to resurface my old favorite response, which is just a picture of me with my middle finger up smiling. <laughs> what people forget is that my newsletter list is free. I don't charge like a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. I don't have a firewall. I'm giving you free information that's actionable that I hope can help grow your company. I'm not making money off you. I rarely put affiliate links in my newsletter either. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're getting it for free. If you don't want to read something, fuck off. And 
Oh, sorry, I swore. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, go pay for something where you can actually, where the person needs you. I don't. Mm-hmm. If you look at my blog, I purposely set up a daisy chain redirect to get to the contact page and some of the content. I, I make it very hard because, you know what, if you're there, I just want you to benefit from the content. So there's typos, there's writing errors, there's a lot of things. Because I don't want the people that just want to nitpick. I want the people that are going to go in and actually appreciate the time and thought and the fact that I'm sharing real-life examples for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's and that was why it's one of my favorites. It helped me weed out the list. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's kind of like one of the reasons why I swear when I talk to clients in the first couple times. It's because I want to weed out people that actually want to work with me and my team for what we can do, not just to go and say, oh, you did such a good job, and hey, great job with this. It, re- it helps to sort out the good clients from the bad clients. Yep. And Again, I do not recommend doing that with your own company. We're in a very fortunate situation where companies are coming to us. If we had to go to companies and try to build business, I probably wouldn't be doing that. Right. Gotcha. All right. Very cool. Uh, how about what are you reading these days uh, to keep up to keep up to date on stuff? Do you have any any blogs or social media accounts or anything in particular that you follow? kind of religiously to get tips and just sort of stay up to date on things? I have no idea at this point. Each site has some good articles, some bad articles. Mm -hmm. I more or less just use analytics and I use private groups and private chatter. Mm -hmm. Most people will not share their real things publicly. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's one of the things where going to a conference can play into your advantage. You become friends with people that, you can trust even if they have differing opinions and join their private groups on Facebook. And that's where I really learn the most. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But you have to be able to trust them and they have to be able to trust you. Yeah. And that takes time. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I learn the most because we're actually asking real questions and getting real answers. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so you won uh, the Affiliate Summit Pinnacle Award uh, twice uh, for yeah. being the Affiliate Manager of the Year. So tell me a little bit about that award, uh, what it is, and what did that mean for you personally winning that? So the first time it was pretty cool. And the way that it worked, so Affiliate Summit was purchased by Clarion Events, so I don't know what the future of it will be. But when I won the award twice, you had to be nominated by the community. Then they had a board of directors, which I don't know most of the board, and I didn't know them back then. They would look through whatever people submitted and said about you, and then they would look up who you are and do research on you. It wasn't like you pay to enter and you submit a campaign and win an award. It was legitimately done by unbiased third parties. So that was what made that award special. In the future, it may be pay to play like a lot of the others where it's like, okay, or it could be a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. But it it was really neat to win because I was up against companies and people that I admire, like Fanatics and I think a a couple of others. It's just like, 
there were some really, really challenging people that I thought should have won. And that's why it was funny on the second one. I didn't show up to the award ceremony. I was sitting at the bar having a glass of wine. Oh, wow. And someone was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm drinking. What are you doing? <laughs> and they were like, I'll oh, come to the awards. They said, I think they sent them out to go find me because they realized I wasn't there. <laughs> so I was like, fine, whatever. I don't want to sit through, like, again, back to my not wanting to be social. I don't yeah. want to sit in a gigantic room with lots of noise, lots of people around. I don't like to be on stage. Showing up to even have my name announced in public, whether I win or not, it's like I really don't want attention. I don't want people clapping and looking at me and noise. Mm. And so I'm sitting there. I grabbed two extra glasses of wine. And in the video, I think you'll see two or three glasses of wine. Uh, I'm sitting there clapping and I'm like, congratulations. As they announced, I didn't realize they announced my name as the winner. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there for a few minutes. There's a pan back and the glasses are empty and someone's tapping me like, you won. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, I did. And Missy Ward's on stage saying, Adam, are you even here? <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, that, one, that one was kind of funny because I just, I honestly didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool. All right. Let's move on to a few random questions. Um, so if you weren't doing search or marketing or anything, what would you like to be doing instead? Probably cooking. Oh, yeah? Like a chef? Yeah, I'd probably be a chef or own a restaurant. Hmm, nice. What would the name of your restaurant be? Do you have a name? No idea. No idea? Okay. <laughs> probably something offensive or uh like a pun mm -hmm. gotcha. or something pretty gross <laughs> probably like named after insects or something i don't know mm. definitely i wouldn't go for something like kitschy or trendy i'd probably just go for the exact opposite right mm -hmm. cool okay how about if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice what would it be huh Nothing. Nothing? I don't think I'd want to shape my future. Mm-hmm. No, there's lots of things I regret, lots of things I wish I did, lots of things I'm happy I did that paid off, but I wouldn't want to try to shape my future. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fair. Uh, how about, do you have any tips for time management or productivity, or do you have the opposite problem where it's... No, but I'd love if you gave me some. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's why I ask. I'm trying to get some good ideas, man. <laughs> Taking my break in the middle of the day every day, that's a huge one for me because mm. I come back fully refreshed. Or if I'm not, I'm like, you know what? Stay offline. Mm. Mm -hmm. but that, forcing yourself to take that break, that's just really important. Okay. Cool. All right. How about what's the best piece of advice that's been given to you? It could be about SEO, marketing, or just something you know business-related. And who gave it to you? I forget who it was. Uh, they just said, sit down and shut the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> they wanted me to listen for a change. And that was oh. a really important skill to learn. Mm -hmm. And I had a professor in college, uh, Dr. Bresloff. And he stopped me after class and said, what the hell are you doing here? I was like trying to take a class. What are you doing here? <laughs> he was like wondering why you're in my class he switched everything up and gave us a, it was a freshman and he gave us a senior level uh quiz just to see how we do he was like 
you got a hundred on it. I was like, okay, why do I care? I was standing with a friend. He was like, you can go. And the friend was like, why? And um, I didn't know at the time he wanted to give me a lecture on why I should be going to a better school. Mm. And he was like, you don't need this. You belong somewhere like this. So I applied to a better school and I got in. Hmm. And again, college was still useless and worthless, but it's like, that was a really good one. It's like, why am I doing this when I should be here? Just thinking about where you should be versus where you're not and why you're not at that place. So then I took the steps to get to that place. Hmm. Very nice. I like that. That's really good advice, actually. That's very deep. Yeah. I like that. Those would be the two. Cool. Okay. Now, you mentioned the domain authority, of course, a minute ago, but I, I always like to ask this question. Um, other than that, I guess maybe what would be the worst piece of SEO advice that you still hear, you know, out at conferences or just keep reading about that you wish would just go away and die? Huh. Well, I don't wish they would die, but there's quite a few gurus. Uh, I wish they would go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time, those same gurus are a great influx of business every time Google updates because their clients get tanked. Oh, very true. It's just it sucks that the clients have to go through that yeah. by hiring all these quote-unquote experts. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, there's so many stupid things. Like an article on uh, your site, Search Engine Journal, that pisses me off every time is the stupid H tags one. Mm -hmm. Because H1 tags are relevant. Your proper header and functionality are part of ADA compliance, I believe. And mm -hmm. Guess what? Even though it might not be a ranking signal, it does help to define the category. But it gets so misconstrued. When John Mueller says something or answers a question, he's answering a specific question. Mm -hmm. He's not talking to you. He doesn't care about you. He cares about the question that he was asked, and he answers that question. Do not pretend it ma it's about you and your situation. Because it likely is not. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's something that bugs me. That articles come back with multiple clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and that's what I have to explain to them. And then it makes sense. And I say, well, you know what? If that was true, why is Search Engine Journal still using it? And why are they following the proper hierarchy? So that's something that was would be directly related to SEJ. Mm -hmm. I love you all to death. Oh, sure. There's a couple of posts that drive me crazy because... They, they're taken, in my opinion, out of context. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that would be like more than one H1 tag on a page is okay. Well, the first time that came out, I believe it was in response to uh, categorization. So if you do a search on a blog, what happens? It populates a category or a search query. Mm -hmm. And in that query, you're going to find multiple posts that have the read more. Uh, and that would generate multiple H1 tags on a page. In that instance, it's probably okay. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't go and do that. Right. And you shouldn't allow that to happen. Yep. So it's like when he answers questions, and Gary too, they're answering specific questions. Don't apply that to yourself and don't assume it's about you. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll move on to um what what would be your advice for newcomers to the industry if they want to eventually become successful do you have any sort of insights or tips for how people can be successful in the long term look for people that share data not theory and look for people that will actually give you actionable things with the before and after and what happened and don't 
let anyone ever answer a question immediately. If they do, it's probably not real. You can't answer an SEO question, especially about recovery or growth, unless you actually look at the website. So like if someone says, do you know an SEO or I need to hire an SEO and they don't say, well, what kind of SEO is it international? Is it uh, ORM? Is it local SEO? Is it this? Is it this? Then they can't really give a good recommendation. And if you say, oh yeah, I lost my traffic last March. Oh, that was Panda. You need to go fix this. Bullshit. What you need to do is you need to go in and look at the website and see what actually happened and then start the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So anyone who can just give an answer immediately or doesn't share data, stats, and information, they're full of crap. Mm -hmm. Don't trust them. And that's the biggest mistake I see newcomers fall into. They're like the shiny and new. They don't like to actually have to listen to the work. And the ones that do, they usually make it pretty well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good advice there. Uh, is there anything in particular in SEO that has you excited right now? No, I just like that it's changing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like as in there's always someone new or something that got hurt. I always have a new project coming across my plate that excites me, mm -hmm. generates ideas, things that I could do to uh, try to build links or things that I can do to expand their keywords or help them move into a new line or extension. Mm -hmm. More of the excitement for me comes from the new ad platforms and tools and way that I can amplify content and get it out there better. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but that's not really SEO related, even though it can impact SEO in the long run. Right. Yep. That's fair. All right. Let's do a few questions from the community. I put the word out that we were chatting. So I got a few back I wanted to ask you about. Uh, let's start with um, from Twitter, Rohan Ahmed asked how can we leverage affiliate links for our ranking and i know you just i believe you did a session on affiliate link building at pubcon recently um so yeah i'd be curious for your thoughts on what sort of the state of things in the link building world and i don't know what he means by that ask it one more time please well he asked how can we leverage affiliate links for our ranking but yeah i was, I was trying to widen like, a little bit Leveraging affiliate. I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, so no, I was just trying to like widen the question because I know that's a little. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense, but I think yeah, it's just sort of asking generally what's what's going on. When in I the get world that question, it's usually a merchant that wants to say, "How can I make my SEO better by getting backlinks that look like affiliate links?" Ah, oh, mm -hmm. reality is that's just stupid. Mm -hmm. One, affiliate links are not backlinks for the most part. They have a tracking parameter or they go to a subdomain or they're a redirect. None of those are actual backlinks. Two, if you're using your affiliates for backlinks and all of your affiliate links are gonna be backlinks and you're approving a lot of people in, they're probably really low quality and crappy links. Mm -hmm. Mostly because people, you're gonna get subdomains, you're gonna get topically irrelevant websites, you're gonna get a lot of stuff that probably you don't want in your link profile. Next, if all of your affiliate links are discovered and they have parameters or tracking things, uh, uh, solutions or the redirects, and they don't have sponsored or um, no follow on them, Google's going to know what you're doing and you're trying to build links this way. And they're probably going to take action on you at some point or devalue those links and you're going to drop. It's just going to work against you. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's what he meant okay. or she meant. 
Uh, it could be. I'm, yeah, I'm, I was a little unclear. I was just sort of yeah, I was just sort of thinking because I remembered seeing that you were doing a session on link building for affiliates. So I didn't know if there were any. Yeah, but that was like how an affiliate site could uh, attract backlinks. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. Let me guess. Create good content. One no. No. You have to have good content. You have to have yeah. something that's worth linking to. Right. But there's other things you can do. Okay. As an affiliate, you don't have brand control. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of things you can do, like you can create comparisons that are unbiased, whereas a brand can't. And you could rank for phrases like comparison terms in the best X, Y, Z, whereas a brand probably is going to get, not going to be able to uh, rank as well for that because they would be biased. Mm. So a lot of things there. And those types of honest reviews and rankings can attract ones. Uh, you can create games. You can create apps. Oh, crap. I was about to say something that I just, I'm doing an audit right now, and I just created something that the brand most certainly cannot do because it involves smoking and vaping. But, and this brand would always distance themselves, but one of their top affiliates actually can do that. And so it's like, think about the things the brands can't do and create those. That would be beneficial or helpful to an end user and by creating that type of content you've created something that's worth sourcing and worth linking to because it will help other people's readers mm -hmm. great i expect that a lot of you will come across the what i was just about to say mm -hmm. but it's i it's for a current client and nda so i can't say gotcha. Sorry. okay you're all almost good. it <laughs> Uh, so we're talking links. I had one other question uh, from Nava Hopkins of Hennessy Digital. She wanted to know, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for a link? I don't know. Have you come up with any creative uh, <laughs> emails? Yeah, I've done or... lots of things from sponsoring drag queens at a drag race. I've, oh, um, okay. I've sent, I, I dressed chihuahuas up in tacos and wiener dog costumes with urls on them and sent them out into races like where they have chihuahua races where yeah, yeah. the media was going to be there there's i mean that's part of why companies hire us is because we come up with those really crazy pr stunts that don't cost very much money and generate a positive media response and are worth looking to okay i guess it kind of just defines what you would call crazy yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So how do you come up with an ideal, ideal like that? Is it just sort of brainstorming? or Running wine and chocolate. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. You, sometimes it takes – sometimes I just come up with them instantly. Mm -hmm. Like on a, on a perspective audit and client call this morning, I came up with it immediately on the spot. Other times it can take me a month or two. Mm -hmm. It just – it has to come to you. I wouldn't try and force it. Right. That's very true. Okay. So exercise is my big release for coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. So while I'm running, I just start coming up with them like crazy. They're not always relevant to current clients. Sometimes I'll have them and uh, I'll just, I'll write them down for when I have a project that it can make sense for. Mm -hmm. But exercise is my big release for creativity. Okay. For content writing, it's wine and just getting into like a relaxed state. So wine and pizza puts me into my relaxation coma. Mm -hmm. oh. So, okay. yeah. 
Uh, one more question for the community. Uh, Mary Davies of Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Uh, she wants to know, what are your favorite and least favorite parts of your job? Huh. I don't know. I don't really have any least favorites. I mean, there's boring things like accounting and data entry, which you can't escape. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is having another family, a few families. That's something that I don't want to talk about my life growing up or personal life. But one of the things that I am forever grateful for is having multiple families. Mm -hmm. So when I go to some of the search shows, I see people I've known now for close to 10 years. And I've been to their houses. I've met their families. When I'm in the affiliate industry, there's certain people I've known for now 18 years. They threw me a big birthday party in Vegas. Just It was supposed to be a surprise. Then they remembered that uh, my feeling towards large groups and stuff. And they were like, wait, are you actually going to be here this day? And I was like, no. So I had to change my flights and hotel. But mm. these are people that I truly consider my family. Mm -hmm. I also have the blogging community and influencer community. And I go there and I legitimately hug people there and I love it. And it would feel like you're hugging your mom or your sister or your brother. It's just like, I, I have actual family now, like with those it's in addition to my biological family. Mm -hmm. That's what my favorite part of the job is, is having actual people that I care about. Nice. Yep. Works work. I get to have fun. I get to be creative. Mm -hmm. uh, I get to do really, really cool things like go to Australia. And, but it's, it's my, it's my work family. That's mm -hmm. what makes it special. Yep. Awesome. Cool. All right. Um, and then my last question. Yeah, for you. Sucks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So my last question for you was what's next for you, Adam? Do you have any big plans coming up? Uh, Anything big on the horizon? Big on the horizon? Yeah. Nope. No. Not really. Same old everything. Yep. Hopefully retire in a while, and I'm planning on moving to Mexico or down to Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. That'd be my next big life move, mm -hmm. but I don't know when it'll happen. Cool. All right, sounds good. Um, and then I guess uh, before we close out, uh, if people want to find you online, uh, where should they go? Uh, and is there anything in particular you'd like to send people to? Uh, I would just say go to adamreamer.me, ignore the warning about me posting your stuff publicly, just say you were from the SCJ podcast and you had a question. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much, Adam, for joining us today and uh, talking. This has been a lot of fun talking to you today. Thank you for having me, Danny. Of course. All right. So that does it for this episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. Be sure to come back every Thursday morning for more great interviews from the Search Engine Journal team. Uh, also, if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure to check out Marketing Clock, which is now part of the new SEJ network of podcasts. So every week, great team at Marketing O'Clock will get you caught up on all the latest industry news. It's fun and informative, and check them out also. Uh, and you can follow Search Engine Journal at SE Journal on Twitter, and you can find us easily on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you want to follow me, I am at Mr. Danny Goodwin on Twitter. So long, and thanks for listening.
Hey there, I'm not Prince of Taurus. I'm not Danny Goodwin. And I'm not Lauren Baker. That's Greg Finn and Jess Budd, and I'm Christine Zernhaus. If you listen to the Search Engine Journal show, we think you'll love our critically acclaimed SEJ network podcast, Marketing O'Clock. Join us every week as we report the latest SEO, PPC, and social media marketing news. This is a show for real-life marketers who want to do great work. And because we're IRL marketers too, we know you're talking about attribution, schema, and CPCs all day long. So we keep it light with plenty of spicy hot takes, puns, and rants. Plus, we talk about what's working hard and what's hardly working in our accounts and share what news stories have us saying WTH every week. So if you're ready to become a better marketer, subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and listen to new episodes fresh for you each and every Friday morning. Only on the SEJ Network.